Hello and welcome to The Breakdown, the podcast where we break down the lessons learned through sport that have helped elite athletes achieve success, but also to deal with the struggles in life universal to us all. We are delighted to bring you a new series of conversations. And I say we because even though it is just me welcoming you back, Welcome back. It is myself and Greg who have sat down to chat to our guests for this next run. And our first guest is someone I have been wanting to meet for a very, very long time. I say wanting to meet, but I was also really quite nervous because Ronnie O'Sullivan can have something of a fearsome reputation. Certainly when it comes to his game, at least, he is the seven-time world snooker champion after he matched the modern-day record when he won his seventh title earlier this year. And he's widely regarded to be the greatest player who has ever lived. But it's the dark places that he's had to go to for those wins that fascinated us. Ronnie has been quite open in the past about his alcohol and drug use, about his help from the renowned psychiatrist Dr Steve Peters, and about the family history that saw both of his parents sent to prison, his father for murder, his mother for tax evasion. He is one of the most fascinating, as well as successful, sportsmen alive right now in my mind. And so there was an awful lot that we wanted to talk to him about, which is why I was so nervous. I wanted to do justice to his time, to his story, to the fans who followed his career for decades. And you never know what level of swagger a successful sports person will bring, or anyone of success for that matter, how much media polish, how much otherworldliness, if you like, how different they feel essentially when they walk into a room. Well, as soon as Ronnie walked into the room where we had set up for our podcast, he went to make his own cup of tea. He asked how everyone was, uh, making general chit chat. And you knew straight away that this was someone exceptional exceptional because he acted completely normal, humble, human, just like any other bloke in the room, which of course he isn't and he can never be. We must have spent a good half an hour just chatting before we pressed the record button. He was an absolute delight right from the off. So for all my nerves about this conversation, we weren't disappointed, far from it. And we hope you won't be either. I'm quite sure you won't. Here is a breakdown with Ronnie O'Sullivan. Ronnie, thank you for joining us. We were sitting down here and you were telling us just how much you hated the World Championships and your seventh Mm. world title. Mm. What? It's just a normal response. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough event, you know. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it it, sort of... um, up until when I won my, I can't remember what one it was, the fifth one, I think I was about 30, I can't remember, 37, late 30s, and I'd finish it and I'd kind of go, I could like wake up next day and think, I could do that again. And then when I won it in 2020, um, I was gone for about 10 days afterwards. I thought, Shit, that's just because you're getting older, you know, your body does. It's like the nervous system, I think, was kind of pulverised for 17 days and it's not until you finish that you kind of like, it kind of hits you. And uh, I didn't like that feeling, you know, and I just thought that's not normal, you know, it's not right really to put, you know, to go through that really, you know, because you're obviously shutting down a lot of emotions during the event and it just comes out at some point, you know, afterwards. And, and this year was no different. But um, yeah, I promised myself I'd never go to the dark places that that tournament requires you to go to because it's such a, an endurance test uh, mentally, 
more than physically. And um, I just, I, I checked out about eight years ago, so I kind of like play snooker for fun for the last mm. eight years. You know, I'm still competitive because I'm a competitive person, but I had to dial it down a lot just to kind of just enjoy it more for, for longevity reasons. Otherwise, I think if I'd never got the enjoyment side of it, I'd probably wouldn't have done it. So I found a way to enjoy it, but part of enjoying it was not to go to them dark places. And the only reason why I did go to the dark places was because we filmed a documentary that was a fly on the wall. So they, I was forced to actually try because <laughs> I thought these cameras are like following me everywhere. And I said, listen, you've just got absolutely unlimited access. You don't have to sort of ask me, is it okay? Just assume that everything is okay. So we're all caught here, you know what I mean? There is no like, you know, like I need 10 minutes. It's like, just film away. And um, so, yeah, it was on me a bit really because I just thought, bloody, I'm going to have to watch this back and I, and I, and I'm, and I want to be true to myself. If I'm going to watch something, you know, if it's not going to be filmed and watched, I can learn with not being true to myself, not giving 100% because it's just a game at the end of the day. But because they were filming it and because I knew it was going to, I thought, I've got, I'm going to have to watch this. And I thought, I've got to kind of, I've got to go for it. Got to win. Oh, no, no, not even win. I've just got to give 100%. Right. I've just got to give it blood, guts and and whatever there is, you know, and, I'm, and I'll leave nothing left. And that's what I had to do. And... Uh, yeah, and that's why I hated it, because I promised myself I'd never go there. Um, what does, mm. what, what does the, the, the dark place look like <clears> to you, though? Because there's going to be a lot of people, and probably people listening or watching, that will, will go into certain places that they really don't like and that they struggle with it. Uh, you obviously have a, a coping mechanism to come out the back end of it, but what, what, what does it look like for you when you're there? What does it feel like? It just, it, just, it just requires a lot of determination, lots of resilience. There's a lot of times I just feel like I just want to quit and just go, you know what, I'm done with this match, I'm done with this tournament, it's time to take a few days out, there's another one the next week. You know, I'm not, I'm not hard on myself if I don't do well. I, I, I believe in snooker gods, sporting gods, and they're going to take care of me. They have done for 30, 40 years since I've been playing, so I never kind of worry about where the wins are going to come, am I going to do all right? Is this, always know things are going to be good for me um, in that respect, so... But it was just sort of, like I said, as you get a bit older, I'm just not geared up for for that type of... Just if you were playing people that are younger as well, you know, 26, 27, 30s, they're all very hungry, they've got that, whatever, and I just I just didn't really... Yeah, it was just hard, you know. Sheffield is a hard, hard tournament, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a gladiatorial sort of venue. There's a lot, a lot of pressure before in the build-up, and, and that's the bit... You know, when you're out there playing, it's OK. That's the, that's the best place to be, but it's just managing your time in between and I just I've never been really good with that so that tournament's never really suited me either you know but it's just one of them that you just kind of have to do it's probably a bit like you with the Olympics you know it's, it's a daunting task but you can't shy away from it you know at some point you can if you've won the medals and done this you can go you know what I just enjoy the sport love doing it if I come third fourth fifth sixth tenth I just enjoy the lifestyle and, and that's where I'm at with it now so yeah, that's um, yeah. It's very hard to explain what a dark mm. place is like, but it's just sort of, it's just you know, it's just, it's just that point of do I quit or do I not? How far do you push yourself? Is it that? Yeah, yeah. Because I had to kind of go through all the skills that I've learned over the years to sort of stay in the game. If you like, when things weren't going well, and I just thought, you know what, this, this you know, like mentally you quit, you know. But I didn't allow myself to do that. I kind of fought every. I give a hundred percent in every area. And um, and, I'm, and that's what was hard for me, you know. It's like years ago I could just, not just roll up and play, but I could kind of blag it a bit, you know what I mean? I could get away with 
not having to give 100% all the time, 80, 70% was enough to just get me through and then you just kind of dial up through the gears. But this one I knew that I had to sort of call on everything if I was to have a chance of winning it and that can be hard sometimes, yeah. Is that why you seem to be so emotional afterwards? Because we all saw you on television. Yeah. But then I know from our friends at Eurosport, when the cameras stopped rolling as well and you went into yeah. the studio, you were just in tears and floods. Is that why? Because it had been all that pent-up emotion. Yeah, I mean, I, would, I was well gone before that. Uh, <laughs> I really was, you know. They, they didn't catch that bit on camera because they, they, they didn't happen to be there. But I was well gone before that. Why? Just the pressure. I don't deal with pressure that well, to be honest with you. I'm okay when I'm out there, but the build-up and the anxiety that it can bring, you know... Um, yeah, I don't deal with that pretty... I don't, that's not the part I enjoy. There's some players and sports people that do, they kind of handle that well, and I think it's a great asset to have, but I've never never have, and I've had to work on that in the ways. But it's still, like, you can work on it all you like. If you're not, if you're not suited to it, it's, sort of, it's always going to be difficult, if you like. So, yeah, I just found that really, really hard, and, you know, just at the stage of my career, it's like, don't have to go there. Mm. Got nothing to prove. In my own, you know, my own mind, I know a lot of people talk about this, the eighth and that, but... I just don't find that sort of stuff that important in my life, you know, so I kind of just have to kind of like pacify, but yeah, I'm going to go for the eighth, yeah, yeah, the, you know, but really I'm just thinking, you know. Will you not go for the eighth, though? Oh, I'll go, but I'm not going to give blood, sweat and tears, you know, unless there's a documentary film there, you know, where, where it's on me. <laughs> can we, can we, we come and do it for the yeah. podcast? You know, if, it, if it's on me, then I'll, you know, I'll think, right, I've got to deliver, but if it's not, then I'm just quite, you know, I miss sitting down with Jimmy and doing the punditry, I really mm. did. I know I've done a couple of nights, but... I really miss just spending time with him and having a laugh and just... Why yeah. do it then? That's the thing. Mm. Why not just do that? You're the greatest of all time. I know, I know. So yeah, because you committed to the documentary. Yeah. No, but it's one of those things that you, you don't have to do any of it if you don't mm. want to. But I like the lifestyle of snooker. I love, I love, I've always been my own boss and if I was to check out a snooker completely, I didn't have to go and get a proper job and work for people. <laughs> Surely not anymore. I that. Well, I don't, I don't <laughs> have to work, but I've got to do something. And I just think, you know, I'm, I'm so used to just doing what I want when I want. And like I said, that's one of the benefits of my sport. You know, I don't have to practice for two, three months if I don't want to. Um, and, I, and I couldn't, you know, the thought of being like, you know, losing that. So it's, it doesn't become about the sport. It just becomes about the lifestyle that it gives me, um, choices I can make. And, 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 you know, and yeah, just, yeah, that's the reason why I play. But, Ronnie, you say you don't have to train for, like, two or three months at a time, yet everything I read about you is that you still train obsessively and you, and you still... What snooker was. Yeah, and you still work harder at it than anybody. I pick spells out, I pick spells out. So if you looked at my, um, my training diary, I probably, the average is about six, seven hours a week of playing time, but then two weeks before, and that's probably what most players do in a day. Um, but I think you can overplay. Mm. So a lot of people think I'm the secret practicer away doing <laughs> but, but I'm actually I'm not. But what I do do is I pick and choose when to step it up. So if there's a decent tournament coming up, then I'll kind of, two weeks before, I will lock myself away. And I'll probably do like 15, 16 hours a week, which is quite a lot for me. Mm. And, um, and then my game does raise up a level. So, you know, I'm sort of, yeah, a lot of people think I'm sort of a, a liar about my practice sessions, but I really don't. <laughs> well, I guess it's smart training as well, isn't it? That's the yeah. big thing. I think a lot of yeah. people that look into sports, people that don't participate in it in, mm. a, in a top level, they just assume that it's a monastic lifestyle at all times. Everything's constantly about it. You, mm. All you, you, you should be doing, all you're allowed to do is the sport that you, that you, you do professionally. But... I probably was quite similar to you in a way. Mm. I, I mean, look, my career didn't obviously last as long and I was retired at 31 due to injury, but I trained smart. I, mm. I, I jumped once or twice a week at most. 
I trained four hard sessions a week. Mm. That was it. The other days were completely off. But other mm. people looking in could not get their head around it. Do you mm. think there's probably a lot of the players that are coming through now that probably don't believe you and, mm. and work themselves too hard and actually can't progress because of it? Well, when you're younger, I think, you know, you, you want to learn the game and it's mm. all about, you know, developing as a player. Yeah, you, you, you need to put the hours in. I used to put four or five hours in every day, you know. I was trying to become a better player. You know, you're always developing. I'm a different player now to what I was 10 years ago. And, and you know, so, so you know, um, it's, it's okay. But I've got to a point where I thought, well, there's not really much more I can learn about the game. Um, and it's just about being... Um, you know, looking forward to playing, you know, more so. It's about holding yourself back a bit more. So you look forward to playing rather than thinking, I've played too much. I think, oh, I don't really want to play now, you know. So, so you need to keep enjoying it. Yeah, I think you have to hold, like you say, just rein it in a little bit. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think, and I, I do believe a lot of players overplay and they probably don't realise it and they just probably practice out of guilt, whereas I kind of like, I go the other way. And, you know, I've always, I've been quite scientific basically with my schedule and how I, I monitor a lot of things. So I don't just leave things to chance. Mm. So all my practice sessions are always monitored and I've done about a year, two years this and I realised that there is like a um, a point where you go there and then it goes there. So I thought, well, I'll just stop there. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm not getting more return for the extra bit I'm doing. So I kind of, I kind of, um, yeah, so, so I've bought more time as well as mm. instead of like playing all day. I now allow myself to go and do other stuff like my fitness, my training, you know, and, and whatever I want to do, spend time with friends and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, um, yeah, you know, n not overdoing it really, you know. There's, a, there's a point where you kind of like, it, it's enough. Um, so, yeah. Well, not a lot of people realise that, I think, as well. Mm. And like you say, probably people train out of guilt or keep pushing themselves through it. Mm. But I think probably day to day, there's a lot of people that will go mm. out and they want to run, I don't know, a 10k half marathon, whatever it might be, mm. and they train themselves to to death pretty much mm. because that's what they believe. Mm. First of all, professionals do, but and that's also how you improve. Yeah. I think it's been probably proven a lot of the time now that mm. actually less is more in certain circumstances yeah. and actually listening and understanding your body, mm. which you do now. You obviously not just the snooker, of course, like running as well is is something that's quite important. We're talking off what you were saying. You obviously do an awful yeah. lot of it as well, mm. and. Just before we started, we were talking about a time where we'd seen each other and all has like been waiting for me to... So, the last time I saw you, you didn't see me, oh, which really? is really weird. I okay. know this is really weird. I was in my front garden okay. uh -huh. and you ran past my house. Okay. I lived in a village just outside of Milton Keynes and you were playing in, in Milton Keynes yeah. at the time. And you came running past. And I went to shout and go, hi, and I was like, that's so weird. So absolutely hello, weird. Yeah. It's a, it's a it little wouldn't have been, little country no. lane. So weird. That's would you have known him? You would have known him. No, of course, yeah. no, no, you would have gone like yeah, some weird ginger Of course, yeah. But yeah, that was the last time I saw you. But equally as well, I remember seeing you came to the London Stadium when you had the World Championships yeah. for, for athletics as well. Yeah. So obviously other sports as well are something that you're, you're clearly interested in. Massively into track and field. It's like my mm -hmm. biggest love, really. You know, I watch all the Olympics, all the World Champ, everything. You know, I even go and watch some of the, the Met Leagues and, you know, go down to the local track because they've got like, a, like an event there. And I, I just love it, you know. Why? I don't know, because I think when I got into running in about, I think it was about 2003, 2004, it's sort of like... I just love the community, I love the, mm. the, the buzz of the people, and, you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we'd go there and the minute you kind of go in there, no one talks about their job or anything. Mm. It's just like, you know, we're it's all, a leveler, after, isn't it? all after PBs, all after this, <laughs> just talk about running. You know I mean, you, you, you train hard, sit in the bar, have an orange juice, talk about the races coming up, who's running well, who's not running well. Yeah. I had some fantastic nights. I just thought, like, 
this has cost me like nothing, you know mm. what I mean? But I'm getting so much pleasure from it, and I just thought, you know, it's, I, I love, I love the track and field. I love it, yeah, massively, yeah. You know, you were saying before we sat down mm. that you, you find it really hard to relax, to switch off, to do nothing. Yeah. And running would be one of the things that you yeah. do. And I just noticed when you were talking about the World Championships that you mentioned yeah. anxiety. I don't know, do you suffer anxiety? Is that something? Well, it, it's, it's a build-up. So sometimes mm. like when you push it, I, I was reading about some actress, I think it was Jay Lowe, she was saying that she suffered with anxiety. But, mm -hmm. but what, what it was was you just keep going and going and pushing yourself and then you don't mm -hmm. you, it, and it just hits you so it's like it's like exhaustion in mm -hmm. a way and I've probably had anxiety probably four or five times in the last 10 years because I've got better at going okay if I do this 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 and that it's gonna come on me and and, and my big I remember one year I won I won I virtually got to the final of every tournament like six seven tournaments on the trot and um, and it meant like I was playing every week basically, and I, and I got so I got so ill by the end of it mm. that I just thought it's just not worth it, you know. It just wasn't worth how it made me feel because it just wasn't. So I didn't realise then that I can't do that, and I kind of have to sort of like if I win a tournament, I've got to take at least four days off just to sort of sh recover basically, you know what I mean, and be able to go again. Otherwise, the anxiety will come on at some point, and I'd, I'd just rather not let it get that far now. I've got a bit of a theory about anxiety yeah. though, because it's something I only realised like quite yeah. recently, like last year I think it was, that I have. Mm. But I've spent a lot of time thinking about it and I think it's fueled me an awful lot. Mm. I think it's it's been a massive motivator for me mm. because I'm the same, I can't rest, I can't do mm. nothing. But I think that's linked to the, the anxiety and it makes me fitter, I think, than it would be otherwise because I have to move. Yeah. It makes me more, more motivated for things because I feel mm. like I have to achieve, otherwise that mm. makes me anxious. I feel like I'm mm. underachieving unless I'm yeah. right up there. Mm. So for me, it's actually been a great thing in my life. Mm. Do you think it's ever been a good thing for you? That uh, kind of fuel, that kind of discomfort uh, with yourself? I don't maybe? want discomfort. Uh, discomfort's fine, you know. What I mean, I can deal with that and realise that it, that's, you know, if I'm playing someone, we're all in, we're all going through the same emotions. We're all in the in the pressure cooker, if you like. But proper anxiety is like it's like a like like I couldn't, panic. yeah, I couldn't go into a room with people. I get, I'm like, I'm, I, I can't move sometimes. It's sort of like you start to lose yourself. And you start to think, oh, you know, and it's sort of that's not a nice place to be. So. Um, it's a dip, that for me is the point where I, d I never wanted to wanted to go to again, mm. and, and 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 by playing too much, and I mean I was, I was playing so much in the end, I got sick of looking at my suit. I just thought I've got to put that on again today. I was like, I look it on my bed, and I think, oh no, you know what I mean? I just thought this ain't good. You know what I mean? You're winning all these tournaments, and you're not in a good place. And then I and, and I, so I can't, I'm very very good at writing diaries. So I'll I'll do a tournament, and I put smiley faces, or a neutral face, or a sad face. Um, and that's how I sort of measure, am I doing the right thing, you know what I mean? If there's, so in 2017 there was a lot of really sad faces, but there was a lot of wins and I thought, this ain't good. Wow. So I managed to change it and since 2017 to whenever it was, I've just had loads of happy faces because I now know that my pattern and what I can and can't do and what I can get away with and hence that's why I was talking about the World Championships. There wasn't a happy face. I was going to say, what were your faces? No, there wasn't. There? It was neutral because okay. don't get me wrong, the first 12 days was okay. But then by the time I got to the end of the semi-finals and towards the final, them last three days just was, 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 was a bit too much for me. So it was kind of neutral because I'm not going to disregard the 12 good days. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? If there would have been 12 really bad days in the final, it weren't so good, then it would have been a really sad face, you know. But um, it wasn't all bad, but, you know, it's sort of, um, for me, um, it's just about just enjoying it and having fun and being in the good place. Do I want to play? Was I happy where I was? 
did it, you know what I mean? It's all that sort of stuff, really, you know. At this stage of my career, when mm. I was younger, I was mm. different, you know, I was like an animal. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I am gonna, I am gonna be the best player that there is on this planet, and I'll do whatever I've got to do to get there. So I've, I was never always like that, but at this stage of my career, I feel like it's, it's more important to be a bit more zen about <laughs> <laughs> So do you use that to monitor how close you are to having to take a break from things and step back from things, those I don't those need faces. to now because I've kind of monitored it and I've looked at where my threshold point is, if mm -hmm. you like, where it's sort of where I'm tipping over. So um, I'm very good at kind of like, you know, prevention rather than cure, is it? Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm very, very good at that now. And... Um, so I, I, I can do nothing, you know, as long as I get my run out the way in the morning, I'll do what, a few things. I'm very good. As long as I run half a marathon. I'm very good at not doing much, you know what I mean? I, you know, Are you though? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's I'm, not much? Well, I, um, well, just doing that. I could sit and watch Wimbledon for like eight hours all day and just get someone making me teas and coffees, bring me my food, and that's fine for me. As long as I've done my run in the morning. I don't really have to do a lot, really. I'm quite comfortable with being a lazy so-and-so, really. <laughs> How do you find it Maria, then? Maria, I tell you. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm awful. Maria, you know, Maria I mean, I, I, there, works I, in the snooker. She's... I don't, I don't we'll move. I don't move. <laughs> How do you then find it with the general public, then? Because, obviously, you're a very well-known face. You're loved by... Mm. I mean, especially snooker fans absolutely adore mm. you. When you're having a period where you're struggling a little bit, what... what how is it then when you're interacting with people? Because people will always want your time. Always want, how do you deal with that? Well, the last time I felt like that was a long, long time ago. So, but the one, I, I was in Hong Kong and it was in 2017 and I, and I, and I needed to take medication to sort out this anxiety because I just thought, I, I can't deal with this. You know what I mean? It was, it was horrible. I took a little pill and within 20 minutes I was fine. Yeah. Um, and I took it for four days and then after that I didn't need it. It was just sort of like I'd, I'd gone over that threshold and yeah. I didn't see it coming and it, and it happened. And I just thought, oh, I've got to be careful, you know. It's sort of when you're on the road and when you're competing and when you're playing and just one day just goes into the next and, you know, you, it can be a bit of a grind and, you know. So, so I don't allow myself to get there really, but it's not a nice place to be. So I, I try and make sure that it doesn't happen really, you know what I mean? And I'm probably... That's why I have to be less relentless mm -hmm. with a snooker. And I'm still relentless. I'm mean, still won the world championship, still number one. <laughs> but I have, to, I have to dial it in because I'm too competitive. I can really, like, you know, I can really go to dark places and, right. you know, and come out the other end. But I don't want to have to come out the other end. I just, mm -hmm. I'm, that's for the other guys now. Let them crack on and, and go through all that. You know, I just want the nice bits, you know. But to still be number one, still be current world champions, I mean, it's, that's testament to clearly everything still coming together. As much as you're not putting yourself into that dark place mm. as much, it's still working yeah, for you yeah. to, to stay the best. It's quite strange, because this year I played all season and it got to, like, December, and I, and I literally, I didn't want to, they were talking, I had five finals the previous year, lost them all, but to be honest, I only tried in two of them, the other three. <laughs> it was COVID, so there was no crowd there, and I yeah. thought, I ain't playing well today, I'm, I want to get home. Mm. So I got smashed 9-3, 9-4, whatever, I was like, I'm out of here, you know what I mean? Um, but the other two, where I felt like playing, I tried, you know, and um, so that was okay, but... Um, I forgot what I was going to say now, I've lost, I've lost my well, training. Do, do you wish you could have, could have had some of what you've got now in your earlier part of your career? No. Do, do you think they, they, they you needed both of them it. to get it I right? I wouldn't have got away with it. Why? Because, uh, because I, I was still developing as a player and that drive to, to be a better player and to improve and, and you know, required an obsession, if you like. Um, and you know, maybe I would have been, I don't know, mm. I don't know, but... Um, I just think, yeah, sort of, it was quite funny because this year in the World Championship, I think I got to December, I hadn't 
won anything and then I, I beat Neil Robertson in the final and that, I didn't realise how much confidence that win did give me to be fair because come January I, I sort of started flying and I felt I felt really good at the table and then for, for whatever reason from like February through to the end of March I didn't really practice much but I went to Gibraltar because I said I'm just going to go to all the tournaments now and just treat it like a holiday play <laughs> two or three matches keep the rust in itself and once I've had enough I'll go home you know what I mean if I feel really good then I'll, then I'll exhaust myself a little bit but not too much um, but I thought, you know, I'm actually playing all right here. I just need a bit of practice. And I got home and I had two weeks to get ready for the World Championships. And I had one week where I was on the table quite a lot, went to the, to the Tour Championships in, um, in London, and I played really well. And I thought, that's what a good week's practice had given me. And then I thought, well, I get another good week's practice for the World Championships. You just don't know what could happen, do you know what I mean? I thought, it's nice to go there and play well. And um, I felt like my game was all right. So it was just that little bit of extra time on the practice table that kind of allowed me to sort of raise my level a little bit. So, yeah, it was all right. It was, it was decent, you know, not... Yeah, it was okay. You say you couldn't be the way you are. You couldn't have been the way you are now when you were younger. But conversely, you say you've lost, or you have said in the past, you've lost mm. like nine years, for example, to like drink and drugs. Yeah. Do you think you could be where you are now if you hadn't gone through that period? Because you feel you look, you come across someone who's really at ease with where you are in life mm. and everything you've been through and, and mm. where it's taken you to. Do you think you needed to go through all no, of that to be I the Ronnie or not? No, I didn't need to go through that. No, 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 that was horrendous. Yeah, really, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. You know why? Because it was bad. It was. Uh, I'd, I'd never smoked a cigarette until I was 19. I was a really good boy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was brought up to be quite disciplined and like professional and do. You know, my dad was quite a disciplinarian like that, and, and, it, and it was good for me. But then when he went to jail when I was 15 or 16, that kind of was a big blow for me. And then my mum went to jail when I was 19. And then once she went to jail, I just thought, oh, you know, I just lost my way. And then I had six years where I, I kind of just let myself go a little bit, you know. And so I wish I could turn the clock back and not do that. Um, but it was what it was. So, yeah, I've lost, lost quite a few years yeah. through that sort of behaviour, if you like. But I had a good time. <laughs> I did. I had a great time. Think it know? did you? Did yeah, you Yeah, for actually? about three or four years, I had an amazing time. When you first start doing that stuff, for the mm. first three or four years, it's actually really good. But then it got to a point where I just thought, oh, no, this ain't fun now. Do you know what I mean? It's like I couldn't say no. And I just had, I lost the power to choose whether I wanted to do it or not. It kind of got, it got me. Mm. Whereas in the beginning it was all fun and it was exciting and stuff like that. Do you ever worry about going back there due to the dark places that you find yourself with something like the World Championship? Is that is it ever sort of a concern in the back of your mind? Not really, because um, I went to rehab mm. and that, that taught me a lot about addiction and, and understanding it and the 12 steps and one's too many, a thousand's never enough and I thought, yeah, that's me. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm a greedy, I'll get greedy. You know? <laughs> Um, so I kind of like realised that, you know, it's just staying away from certain places, I'm fine. And then run, that's why running was so good for me, because it just ticked every box. Once I'd done that, I didn't want to do X, Y and Z. It kind of like, I was happy having an orange juice with the old boys there. Do you know what I mean? It's like I was up at seven in the morning, running over the forest. I thought like, you know, like the other side of me just, it didn't need managing then. It's sort of like, you know, it kind of really worked well for me. So that's why I love the running and the keep fit and all that sort of stuff, because it, you know, um, if I was to stop running, I'd be smoking 15, 20 a day, you know what I mean? It's sort of, that's why running it. So when I run, I don't smoke, mm. I don't do anything. I eat healthier and I'm much more kinder to myself, so. It's that control thing again, isn't it? Really, mm. you're taking control of your body. Because um, two weeks ago, mm. I, um, it was seven years since I stopped drinking. So oh, I, really? So I, yeah, oh, I used well, to drink and I haven't, uh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I haven't had a drink in seven years. And Fantastic. for me, I feel like even it, I find it like mind-boggling that it's been seven years in a way because I mm. feel like for some reason 
my sobriety in my head defines mm. me a lot. Mm. Do you get, do you feel like that? Do you feel like, I feel like my life was completely different. It was like a rebirth almost when I stopped drinking. It's a great feeling when, you, stop, when you stay stopped. I just can't stay stopped. Really? Yeah, Why no. not? Because I just, I just, I'm not very good with rules and structure and I've mm. kind of, I know where it's going to go, so I'll still do it, but I just make sure that... Do you, do you have an exit strategy? Do you have an yeah. end point to it? Yeah, so yeah, how do you do, do that then? I can't disclose all that. <laughs> <laughs> not a Eurosport, not a Eurosport. It's not, it's not the type of show for that sort of stuff. But yeah, I've become very good at sort of managing all sorts of problems. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that people as well. I mean, there's nothing to be proud of. But I'm just would saying, you rather you know, have stopped completely? I'd, would you rather never touch yes, it? Yes, 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 I would. Well, I'm not going to lie. But I just you got the devil. Such discipline, I've got though. a devil in me. I've got a dark side. All addicts do, though, surely. I just can't, you know, c commit myself to saying never on is anything. The, is the good bit of not drinking not enough to make you think, I don't want to go to that shit again? No? Um, well, or do I don't, you quite I don't, like the dark bit? I don't think I'll get to the really bad places again. Mm -hmm. I would nip it in the bud, you know. I would go keep my running up when I'd realise that, you know what, you know. So I use other stuff to sort of you know, offset that sort of problem arising again, if you like. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I absorb a lot of information. I went to rehab, I got the 12 steps, and then I kind of ripped my, you know. I took me out, I took the good bits of me and the other stuff, oh, I'm going to leave that, but I'll just add this to that. And it's sort of like, I've made my own way up, if you like, and it's, and, it, and I'm okay with that, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, but I'm not saying at some point you might not see me sitting in an NA meeting, sitting there, you know, kind of clean <laughs> sober for 10 years. And that'd be, that's a wonderful place to be as well, you know. Sobriety is great. It's, I've seen how it's been so good for a lot of people's lives. It's been great for me, you know. If I never got that, I would have, I don't know where I'd have been, to be honest with you, mm. you know. What kind of stage did you get to then before, before going into rehab? What, what did that feel like? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Because it's bloody rotten. Yeah, I just felt I just didn't feel comfortable in my own skin, to be honest with you. Mm, you know, mm. I just, um, yeah, it was, and it was. I mean, there was one day I was out for about three days, and I was like in the this in the in the kitchen in someone's house, and I was like, I forgot I had to play a match that night in Scotland, and I went, shit, I've got, I've got to get to Scotland and play, and that wasn't the bad bit because I was actually having fun at the time. The bad bit was when I become dependent mm. on having a drink and this and that to socialise, to get out the door, to to, to build that confidence in myself that's when I knew I had a problem I was like you know what was it you that had the realization yeah. was it was was yeah. there not other people around you no. as well though saying no. I don't make me to no. rein it in a little bit I don't listen to you wouldn't listen to them anyway no, even if they were the, were they trying to tell you for a while <coughs> yeah my mum kicked me out and this and that you know what I mean and I was like all right pack my bags when stay in the hotel I had two or three weeks there I was like fine I bought a house and, was, and she was like are you okay and I was like yeah I'm all right you know I, I don't you know I'm, I'm, I'm all right with like yeah, I'm not very good at listening to people. Do you know what I mean? Very strong will to a. Uh, I don't know if I am or I'm stupid or whatever, <laughs> but I've just got no. There's no breaks. There's just no breaks. What do you mean? Well, it's like like say if people tell me this, and if more people say don't do it, the more I want to do it. And I don't know if that's a. I don't. I don't think it's. A, I don't know. Just even when I was at school, kids were like, you're not going to be. You know, and the teachers used to say you're not going to do. It. And I think and it was just a way of me of sort of like like proving people mm -hmm. wrong. Do you Did know you have I mean? a lot of people telling you you wouldn't? Few people, yeah, you know, a few people. No, not a lot, but you know, just little things, you know. That you, just but you, think. you kept hold of it, and it did. It, did, it, did it a bit of a chip yeah. in that way? Then was it? Was it something that fueled a lot? I've always thrived on, you know, doing some. If I've done something wrong, I don't think right. You know, I'm gonna now win this just to like. You know, just to go. You're gonna turn it around. Yeah, I just I use it as a like you saying like a fuel. Mm -hmm. It's like a fuel, and I go, whoa, this is great. You know what I mean? Like if it's on me. I think right now I've got to, like, I've got to, I've got to 
this is a moment to shine and prove and just, you know. Would you I mean? set that up for yourself though? Would, would you? No. Uh, would you just <laughs> no. had Nick Kyrgios, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, no. Like, Semi threw a set because he knew he wanted to go yeah. through to the next one. Mm. Yeah. Would you ever just sort of, ah, oh, do you know what? I'll mess it up a little bit just so Even I subconsciously. Yeah. No, I used to sabotage a lot and I noticed what he's doing. It's sort of like, he doesn't really, I think he doesn't, he can't deal with the pressure. It's mm -hmm. too much and it's sort of like, it gets hold of him, but I've, I had to work on that because I was a little bit like that. I walked out on a match when I was playing Stephen Hendry. I was just like my mind. I had, I had stuff going off the table, but then I learned to try and get over that with like work with Steve Peters, mm -hmm. and I started to understand what's going on. So there's t I feel like doing, but I know what's going on, so I'm able to kind of like you know work through them points if you like. But no, it, was more, it wasn't so much on the table stuff. It was more like if I'd got in trouble and they were going to find me. I remember at the World Championships in 2007, I'd done this interview in China. I don't know if you've seen it, mm. but I just thought, oh, I'm really, I'm really in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, what's the only way I can like, you know what I mean? So I went to the World Championships and I was feeling all right and I knocked the max, you know, and I went, have that. And then I won the tournament as well. So it was a double, double, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Was that, but the, the fuel behind it mm. was that I've, I've been a naughty boy, I'm in trouble. But I'm now, how do I turn this situation around? The only way I know how to turn it around is just to deliver on the table. So it was kind of like a really like, it's just what I needed in but a you way. You see that you like being naughty, isn't it? Like, that's yeah, the yeah, big yeah. thing. There's like a level of it on you when you're, you're telling the story as well. Mm. Your mm. face lights up. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. There's, there, oh, I think for most of us, there's a level of enjoying just how far can we push things. Mm. And I, do, I mean, would do sometimes subconsciously just think like, do you know what, I, actually, I just want to piss a few people off here, just because I can. Um, I don't know it's about pissing people off. I think it's just sort of like, I've, I've been on the other side of it though, where I've been there and I've been weak and vulnerable and they're like piranhas, mate, and no one mm. comes out with any like, oh, are you okay? And like, you know, and I thought you either get chewed up or you chew. Do you mean the public? Do you mean the media? No, just the media? players, the officials, you know, mm. you know, when you're in a sporting world, you, you kind of like to think everyone's got each other's back mm. and they're really supportive of you and they, you know, we're all in it together. But actually, I had two years where I was really struggling and not one person, apart from Jimmy White, come out and put their arm around me and went, you know what, the others were kind of like, you know, quite happy to sit, if, if you like. I was yeah. like a danger man that wasn't so much of a, you know what I mean? And I just kind of, it just made me realise that, you know what, we're, this, this, there's no friends in this game. Yeah. So you've got to grow big shoulders, you've got to have plenty of bottle and mm. you've got to go, you know what, bring it on, I'll yeah. have all of you and I'll keep coming back for you, and I'll keep coming back for you, and I'm gonna be in your face. And, yeah. and you have to grow that sort of personality, if you like, you know, and, and if you wanna be the governor, you wanna be the boss, you kinda of gotta let them know that I'm up for any type of fight you want, mental, physical, game-wise, I've got every base covered. So will you bring whatever you gotta bring, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna trump you. I might not get you today, I'll get you the next day and then the next day. And you kinda of like, in a way, you're, you're giving them sleepless nights, in a way because you just become their worst nightmare. And that's all I've tried to do as a player because you can, you know, it's just about winning, you know, there's little battles and battles and battles, but it's just about, you know, can you win the, the, the war? Do you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a long game you play, but within that, you know, you have brittle times, but most of the time I'm like, you know what, I've got to, I've got to produce here. And, and that's just what a sporting environment, you know, you might not see it if you're not a sportsman, but. You know, Gregor tell you it's sort of like you know, you know. I'm sure, if you're on your, if you're not on your game, you're you're the people that they're against you. They're 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 happy you're not. Oh, I love it. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you're fit, you know what I mean? So it's about holding. I'm, I'm 
I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be in that situation. You know, I want to be, you know, on top and, and pulling the strings, if anything. Don't you think those hard times are good for you then, in a way? Like, it's yeah. really difficult to realise that people don't have your back, but it's actually also quite liberating because you don't owe anybody anything. It's all on your own shoulders, which I think yeah. is quite empowering, really. Yeah, no, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, I, I'm kind of, like, cool with where I'm at and, mm. you know, it's sort of... I've dished out a lot of, you know whatever in, in in a way you know in my game i've been on the right side of where i want to be you know what i mean winning enough you know being um competitive at that level um but the minute i felt like i wasn't in that situation it'd probably be time for me to walk away do you know what i mean but while i still feel like it's in my control and i have the power to to just flick the switch when i need to that that's that's a, a nice place to be but if i didn't feel like i was in that situation then i'd probably walk away and go you know because I, I wouldn't be good at not feeling like I can respond, mm -hmm. do you know what I'm saying? That, that would make me feel pretty awful, mm. I think. What, what scenarios do sort of trigger that as well? Because it's a really interesting one, because I'm trying to, again, picture myself from a sporting point of view of being in the sort of zen area that you've talked about previously about, it, I don't really, not, not that I don't care, but it doesn't bother me if I win or lose the, these competitions, but equally on the flip side of it, there's clearly a, a lot of desire just to turn the screw whenever you want. So there has to be a level of caring, even though, you're not yeah, caring, but I'm no. just trying to get my head around it because well, it, I, I never quite got there, I think, because I probably didn't have enough love time. A good fight. Well, I do love a good <laughs> fight as well, but I, I, maybe I wasn't at the top long enough. Only uh, what four or five years mm. for me was, was, the, was the, the sort of apex of my yeah. career, and you've had it longer. So uh, I'm just trying to get my head around how you get that and still have that. I think you have to learn to just play with complete abandonment. And it's a risky thing to do, but if you can do it, it's a very powerful thing to do. But you have to be, yeah. But it's it's a, it, it brings a lot of good stuff with it. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong, it's sort of it's not an easy thing to do. But if you can, it's quite a sort of you know it takes you into that very instinctive place to be. I'm not I'm not a thinker. I'm not very good at sitting there and kind of being like a robot. So I have to go and play with a, a style that's can look like in, in, in an, an abandonment type of way. Um, but that's what fires me up, you know what I mean? And it's sort of like, sometimes I can be too careful and I'm mm. like, Ugh, and I'm no good. But then once I go, you know what, let's go for it. And I go, wah, 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 wah. And then I get my gate, you know what I mean? Something happens. And um, so yeah, I think that's, that for me, that's the key is learning to play with complete freedom. Um, and it's risky, don't get me wrong, there's times I think, oh, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when it comes off, it's great. Mm. So, so where is your, your mind then? Where is it when you're, when you're sitting there and uh, somebody else is maybe taking a shot or whatever else, or you're, you know you're about to go back to the table, what's your, if you are, if there's a level of abandonment, what are you thinking about? Because it's, again, it's, it's not so much, fascinating. It's not so much what you're thinking about, you just know. And I know once I hit a certain spot, I think he ain't gonna be able to stay with us. He might go a frame, two frames, three frames, whatever, but he's gonna crumble. And, and it's not, not through no fault of his own, but I just his know. His game or his head? Just his game, physically, mentally, you know, just, it, all, it all just comes down. It all eventually falls apart for him, you do, know do they, Do they, look, I, I, again, I can talk from my own experiences. Yeah. I could look at certain athletes yeah. in the cool room before I'd even gone out into the yeah. competition, and I knew I was in their head. Yeah. And it would be as simple as just smiling. Mm. Just being happy, yeah. just sort of asking them how they are, and I could see straight away yeah. they were unraveling because of it. Yeah. Dur during a match as well, can you sit there and look at them and think, mm. "Yeah, I've got you." There's certain players that you just think, 
are not up for the fight. They, you know, they're great players, they're very good players, but you just know that they don't believe that they can beat you. And you kind of have a bit of an easier time against them guys. And then Do you enjoy other... it? That? Do you enjoy that? No, no, no not really, because it's not their fault. It's, their, it's just their personality. Mm. They're just nice guys. It's like Barry Orkin. He's such a nice guy, but such a fantastic player. But because he's so nice... Too nice. It doesn't bring the fight enough, you know what I mean? You've got to have a bit of that... You know, niggly. There's other players that are nowhere near as good as Barry Hawkins, but they absolutely like like Jack mm -hmm. Russell, Russell people. You know, they're like, oh, <laughs> oh, this guy's never he's never going to give in. <laughs> so you have to just batter him and batter him <laughs> and, and put him away. But you just think, mate, you, you know, if he's a boxing <laughs> match, <laughs> they'd have stopped it ages ago. But this guy's just like he's still believing, and you think, wow, man. You know what I mean? So they're you have to deal with all types of, of, of people, really. I've never been good at thinking, oh, I've got his number. I've always been like, once my game has to do that, and once I hit that f level where I'm like, the ball, the balls are just going where they're supposed to be going. I'm in total, complete control of myself. Then that's when I do. That's where I feel that I can do that. That, that you know. It just sort of happens, you know what I mean? Like flow. Yeah, it's like a flow. And I just think, like, they might stay with me for a bit, but I just think, you can't keep this up. Mm. I can. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it might go four all, but then I'll end up going 12 four up. And they think, why did that happen? I was four all. But I just think, <laughs> I'm just going to keep playing like that continuously. You've kind of had to, like, put everything into that four all. But you can't keep doing that. You know, you have to be at some point just being in an efficient mode where you can just cruise along. Um, and I, and is that I, a focus thing, though, or what is know. that? I don't know what it is. Are you I shutting everything outside, or...? Well, because some days it's just not there. You know, some days you can, like, try everything and whatever, and it just doesn't happen for you. But uh, over, a, like, a period of time, that's why I'd never judge myself on a performance mm. or a game or a tour or a season. I just look at it like a career, and I just think, over my career, you know, has it have I been on top most of the time and, and that's all you can do, you know, because snooker is so unpredictable, sport is so unpredictable. So you have to accept that and just go, okay, I'm like, as long as I'm throwing the dice and I'm getting a lot of sixes and every now and again, I'm going to throw a few twos and a few threes. That's just life, you know. Um, but I like to think that, you know, like once I get in that gear and that zone, like you build momentum up and you become quite strong. It's like in the World Championship, even though I didn't feel like I played fantastic, it was solid. You know, there was still a lot, a lot of really good stuff there, and it was only because they couldn't sustain it for a longer period of times that I was able to pull away. And that's always been, you know, the test. Up, just yeah, you know, I played, I played to quite a high level for a lot of the time, you know, which is quite difficult. It's like playing Djokovic at tennis. Mm -hmm. You might win the first set, and but you've had to like give it everything. You think I've nicked that six four, and then he, then he starts to get into you, and then you can just see these slow and see him just thinking, I can't, I can't deal with this fella. And it's a little bit like that, you know, you just know you've got them, but it's just a matter of time and you have to go through the process and you have to do all the, you know, cross the T's and cross the I's or whatever you want to call it, you know. You can't get too confident, you can't get too cocky, you've just got to kind of go, OK, let's go through it, you know. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's a lot of that sort of stuff, really. That must be quite a learned attitude, though, because... I think it's human instinct to think you're only as good as your last game or you're only as good as your last business deal or your last meeting or your last yeah. pitch or whatever it is. Mm. To be able to take that wider stance and say, I'm as good as the totality of everything I've achieved is really hard in the moment, is it not? Um, no, because you have to kind of like remind yourself sometimes of, you know, not to panic and just kind of like, you know, that you've been here before and you've done all that sort of stuff. So but have you taught yourself that? Yeah, yeah. I learned that with, with Steve Peters and stuff like that. And that's the fine I find difficult because I don't really want to have to go through that, I want to just play and just mm -hmm. sort of like mm -hmm. let my play in. But sometimes you have to sort of, you know, call on other stuff to sort of um, get you back in the moment, if you like, or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, um, it's, it's, it can be tough. Touch snooker is a tough sport though, I think, you know, it's a one-on-one, -on -one. you're sitting in your chair, 
you know there's not there's nothing you can actually do you know a lot of it's out of your control sometimes so yes um it can be quite a challenging sort of i call it chess chess with balls really you know what i mean there's a lot of thinking time to be done and that's the problem with snooker it's not an instinctive a lot of time you're sitting in chair and you you know you have to, to process a lot of this dialogue in your head you know so you mentioned steve peters and i've come mm. across him an awful lot of course because yeah. he's uh, worked an awful lot through cycling mm. what's the biggest lessons do you think he's taught you if you can distill them down oh that um that it's very fickle so a lot of the time i used everything. to everything well yeah pretty much everything yes. yeah you know one minute you can feel great the next minute you can feel terrible you know I mean, about the same thing mm -hmm. you know one minute i could be loving my snooker the next minute i'm not enjoying this and it's like you know so i know it's fickle so a lot of the time i used to buy into that and think oh you know i wasn't enjoying it i don't want to be here but then an hour later i'd kind of sabotage the match loss when I could have really tried a bit harder mm -hmm. and then an hour later thinking actually I wish I'd have <laughs> won that match and been, been you know what I mean because emotions sort of mm -hmm. calmed down a bit so I think that's what really helped me to realize that you know whatever I was feeling at that moment in time it's just because I'm you know I'm maybe going through a bit of a, a hard period and it's just about a bit of resilience now it's just a bit about you know just 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 hanging in there mm -hmm. you know just hustling away until turns around and then you're loving the game again you know so and that's always been my experience with snooker really is that you know it's one day it can be great the next day it can be really awful and it's like you know i've got to learn that you know in them awful times you don't really feel it's awful you just it's just it's just, the game is difficult sometimes you know so what you're feeling is not necessarily the truth yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's about like parking that up we're not dealing with that now we'll chat about that later but not right now where you're mm -hmm. trying to win the snooker match so i'm, I'm better at kind of not in, you know, allowing myself to get taken down that road so I can nip it in the bud a bit better and compete. It allows me to compete. That's all it does. It just allows me to compete and, and give my best on every day, every match, and come off there and feel good about that I've given my best, you know. Um, yeah, and just being a bit more in control of yourself, mm. really. I suppose it, you, you need to be, really. It sort of works for every, every sort of walk of life, though. Mm. It's one of, those, one of those sort of lessons that I think a lot of people can probably take on board. Mm. Don't overthink it. Mm. Don't always believe exactly what your body's mm. trying to do. And often you're, you're going to fight or flight mm. and your brain's just trying to get you out of there. Yeah. So I guess it's taking you know, taking some form of solace in knowing that whatever situation generally you're mm. in, you've got there due to hard work and everything else. Mm. So okay. just taking that time and you will survive and you'll get out of it. Mm. But that's why I said about abandonment, because abandonment is just about playing from instincts and mm. sort of just going with it and then just being free in a way and that's that's the opposite to thinking in a way you know what I mean so it's I've learned that okay how do I where do I perform better where, where what emotion where do I need to be and sometimes it's like you've got to force you know so so if you're not performing well that can be that negativity can mm. you can lose confidence and I'm like hold on a minute I've got to do the opposite I've got to portray that I'm confident I've got to play my way out of this you're I've got forcing to, it. I'm not confident but I've got to play like a confident mm. guy it's like an actor he might feel like really rubbish, but they go, right, you've got to do this scene there. And he's like, bomb, and he's out there, and he, and he does a great scene. And it's no different to sport. You know, I'd imagine there's a lot of athletes that get on that start line, and they think, oh, I don't fancy this, man. I'm not it's in good shape. But, yeah. but they <laughs> yeah. have to portray it's it and go, you know what, I'm up for this. And they're bouncing up on the line, but really yeah. feeling awful inside. Mm. But you kind of have to go, you know what? I'm going to portray this fella that's really up for this. And that's a lot of what you're doing most of the time. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. just sort of gearing yourself up to kind of deliver when you have to deliver, I suppose, you know. Are you happy with your life where you are at the minute, Ronnie? Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, it's all right, it's all right, what, it could be better. What, 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 <laughs> is that your stop? 
Is that just your attitude to life, though? No, 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 no. Things are fine. There's just a few things that are uh, sort of um, off the ta off the table, if you like. Mm -hmm. That sort of like niggling away at me a little bit, but it's no massive drama. But yeah, no, unless I'm in a very, very good place, could be in a better place, but I'm I'm, I'm in a decent place, you know. Probably most people, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a, true. Yeah, it's a very, yeah. very sort of standard one. Mm. Now, I mean. Going forward, you're sort of you're talking about going to the going for the eighth, mm. and then you're a bit like, yeah, I'll go, and we'll sort of see whatever else. I mean, mm. when is enough enough for you? Do you think how many more, how many more years as well? Because I mean, uh, not that I'm getting on or anything at the moment. I'm just yeah. sort of saying, but it's well, we all are. And that's well, life. Yeah, most true, of course. When, I, when is enough? Do you know, the biggest thing for me was when I took a year out in 2012 after I won the world championship, and I realised that I was I got so bored. <laughs> thought actually I, I need to, I need you know I need a purpose in life, mm. and I didn't realise that. So you know that's why I play snooker now. It's just that it gets me out of the house, I get to travel. It sort of gives me a bit of a purpose. If I found something better to do tomorrow, <laughs> I would do it. Like what? Well, I don't know. I don't know. But something landed Stamp on my lap, and I went. I actually <laughs> really love this, and I really like. Mm. It gets me out of bed in the morning. I'm loving doing what. Do you I'm search doing. for that though? Are you looking for something different? I've looked into certain. You know, listen. I love doing my stuff with Eurosport. I love doing the punditry side of mm. it. I really do. Um, so maybe that sort of somewhere. But I'm just not ready to to fully give up my freedom because like with snooker I do that and I do other stuff you know I have to give up probably like 30 40 days a year doing things away from snooker which allows me to then just go and play snooker and, and have fun with it um, but like today I got up went out had a run mm. had a coffee with me mate chilled out there was no like oh I've got to be here there mm -hmm. I got to the club hit a few balls had a kip on the sofa for, for 45 minutes Watched a bit of golf on the TV, went and had a coffee with me mate, went back down the gym, had another little session in there. And I'm thinking, if I, if I give snooker up, I'm there going to have some, well, you've got to be here, you've got to be here. I'm like, and I don't do orders. You know what I mean? And I'm, so I've kind of like, the reason why I play is that it gives me ultimate freedom to do what I want when I like. And, and so it's difficult for me to give up snooker because it, it gives me a purpose, which I need. You know, otherwise I'll, I'll go down, you know, I'll probably... You know, whatever. Without an exit strategy. Yeah, yeah. And then I kind of just think, you know, I need something in my life. And, you know, although I'm not, you know, I don't love the game like I used to. I don't, you know, like even when I was practicing today, I was thinking, I just want to put my cue. I don't really want to. But I know I've got a tournament in another. I've got an exhibition at the weekend. So there's a certain amount of pride that you have in your performance. And even though it's just an exhibition, I still want to put on a good show. I still want them people that have paid money to go, you know what? That was a fantastic night. I really enjoyed it. So I had a, we had a great weekend in Scotland, just just gone, and you know we're going to go to Ireland. So that that motivates me to put a certain amount of practice in, just so as I kind of do myself a bit justice, so that so they they enjoy their time, you know. So it's sort of I need a reason to play. So like when I took that year off in 2012, I never picked my queue up for nine months, and I was like, wow. And I, you know, it was only because there was no goal. There was no. I thought like, I need. So like even when I'm running, I need a race to motivate me to train. It's like snooker. I need a tournament to motivate. I just can't go and play and do it for just for the love of it. You know, I've got to have like, oh, there's that. It's around the corner. And that's what motivates me to sort of work, if you like. You know, otherwise I become very, very lazy. You know, I'm not good at not having something to focus on, I think, you know. But is part of downplaying the importance of it? 
allowing you to play with freedom. No, because so I think... If you, I, if you don't care so much about the eighth World Championship, think, you can go off and enjoy it and do it I anyway. I think what happened was, when I met Steve Peters, he made me realise that the, the way I was was because I was too invested in the game. I was too invested in being perfect. I was too mm. invested. And it was torturing me and it was driving me mad. And he went, listen, if an alien come down from Mars and they watch what you was doing, hitting balls around on the felt thing, they'd think, like, what, 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 what they're, take, they're taking this serious, are they? What, he's really getting, like, it's a game it's of job, sticks and right. balls, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, and he kind of made me realise that, you know, the real things in life are having good friends, doing your running, your hobbies, they're the things that really make you, like, they're the things we love to do and they're the important things in life. This is just a game and it's, yeah, and we love it and we want to do really well, but... Let's not take it too seriously. And I went, you know what? So there's a choice to be made. Mm. For me, other people, it may be, may be different, but for me, I needed some, to, to realise that my happiness is not going to be in lifting a trophy. It's not going to be in winning all these tournaments. If anything, it can make me a bit unhappy because I have to go to them mm. dark places, which I've done. And, you know, now and again, I don't mind, but not on a regular basis, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like realising what's important in life. And, and for me, there's, there's other things that, really make me much more happier a nicer person um but you know i still have to kind of get you know still incorporate a bit of snook in my life but i, I really do realize that it's not that important I've, I've trained myself to not make it that important mm. so when i say i you know every time i go on tour it literally is i'm on holiday i have all my running friends so if you see me in milton Keynes, i must have been running with someone he was yeah, yeah. well yeah that's my mate gary so he showed me all the way i mean you've got the best running routes in yeah, um, pretty good yeah you've got woven sands we used to do like eight mile runs and it was like through the safari and it was just amazing. So everywhere I go, I have running partners and I get to explore wherever I am. And so for me, it really is like a holiday and I have my mate with me and then I go and hit a few balls and I come back and I put the kettle on, we're in the room and we're having a lot. And I just think, you know what? This is fantastic. <laughs> I have all one around me, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it really is, it's like the dream life. Mm. And I'm thinking, if I don't play, I've got to give all that up. And, mm. you know, and I've got it really good at the moment, do you know what I mean? It's like the best I've probably ever had it. Yeah. You know, because, you know, it just is, you know, I, I, you know, I do a lot of work away from snooker so as I don't have to play for money. I, I think a, a while ago it got to the point, I think, in 2012 where I just played snooker. And if I won, then, you know, you got paid. And if you didn't win, I just thought, oh, I don't feel good about this. So I kind of had to, like, go into other areas just t to get a job, to do some work and bits and pieces and go, OK, I'm sorted in that area, now I'm just playing for fun. So I'm up for none. Whenever I play, I'm playing because I want to play. I'm playing because I want to put on a good performance. I'm playing because I, I love being away from home. I, I, you know, I enjoy the freedom that I get with it. It's the, the benefit. It's the benefits that I get from snooker which are more important to me than the actual game now, you know. But don't get me wrong, that competitiveness will never leave me. It's like you, you, you will be super competitive. And that, you will be. I am not You'll see in a second. No, you will be. You will be. Every sportsman is competitive. Oh, it's impossible yeah. to not be. Yeah, but absolutely. I think that's the bit you have to manage, mm. you know, because if you don't, it gets totally out of control. Yeah. Everyone around you just thinks you're a nightmare to be mm. around because you're so self-absorbed. Like, like I say, over a game with sticks and balls on the felt, you know, where most people think, like, are you for real? Like, just chill out. It's just a bloody game. And, and my daughter said to me, like, um, before the final session, I felt like, you know, I froze on the, on the Monday afternoon. I literally was, you know, I've only froze twice in my career, both at the Crucible, because it's that type of place where it can do it to you. And after that session, I was I felt so bad because my kids have literally just come up to watch, and I thought they're watching their dad just fall apart out here. Is that and why I, it happened? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. But it didn't help. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
And I sat in my room and my, my daughter came up and I went, I'm so sorry. I said, I've been, you know what I mean? Like, you're watching a dad out. And she went, no, it doesn't. We don't care if you win or lose. We're just happy you're here. We'd like... I went, you mean that? And she went, yeah, really. I went, well, so tonight if I lose, no matter what, we're going to have a great night. And she went, yeah. And I went, come on, let's go. <laughs> and that's what made, I think that's why I come out and play well in the evening, because I thought, you know what, I don't have to impress, I don't, you know what I mean? But I did feel like I had to in that afternoon. When she said that to me, I went, you know what, that was like Steve Peters, that's what something Steve Peters would say to me, you know, he said, like, there's true people around you, they want to see you do well, want to mm. see you win. But they still love you because you're a friend or, you you know, I'm her dad and all that. And that, and that kind of really made me just think, you know what, it's all right, you know, just go out there and play now, you know what I mean? So she, she, I, she she's the reason why I played well in the evening session, not me. Amen to that. Yeah, That's brilliant, yeah, yeah. Ronnie. She was good, yeah. Thank you so much. That yeah. was brilliant. Yeah, really brilliant. Thank you. Good if to you do go to for you. the eighth, can you promise that we as the pod can come along and follow you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if I do go for it, I might need that incentive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll follow you around. We'll Put drink tea, go for a <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be great. We'll yeah. chatter in your ear. Yeah, 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 why not? Yeah, cool. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. See, I told you you wouldn't be disappointed, didn't I? I have very, very rarely met someone with that level of success who is so honest and vulnerable and so incredibly self-aware as well and so utterly stripped of the usual BS, frankly, that comes with fame and fortune. He reminded me an awful lot, actually, of the champion jockey Sir A.P. McCoy and the fact that only one other name came to my mind, tells you just how very rare these people are. None of it is for show. And in fact, we spent a good half an hour, 40 minutes after we were done recording with the podcast, just chatting in the evening sun outside the building where we were. Ronnie was regaling Greg and I with tales of wilder, younger excess. And the three of us were just chatting like friends. It was such a privilege. Before we got to our farewell chat, though, there was, of course, one more crucial element of the podcast left to record. If you've listened to the series so far, you'll know what's coming. And I dare say you've probably even fast forwarded right to the very end to get to the bit that matters. Because it is, of course, the Rock, Paper, Scissors Championship. Now you're going to see why I say that Greg is so competitive. Do you want to see, do you want to see, do you want to see our challenge? Yeah, yeah, of course. Cool, so uh, we finished, you can explain it. You're... I mean, it clearly took us a very long time to come up with this idea. Okay. But we thought what would be great is because most people here are quite competitive. And I'm just going to throw it out there, probably the most competitive person <laughs> oh, really? yeah. in life. I'm it's awful. On another oh, level. Um, so I mean, we... the worst kind of competitive uh, who hasn't achieved. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how much that eats up at me. She's, 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 yeah, she's achieved a couple of times at this game. Um, so the way, what we've basically come up with, nice and simple, rock, paper, scissors. Really? Okay, well, let's just okay. do it. Right, let's just give it a go. Right. Okay. I, you call this one, I called the last okay, one. Okay, so okay, I'll just go one, two, three, and then, and then go. go right. yeah, okay, right. ready? ready? One, two, three.
You went too soon. Oh. And I still <laughs> lost. Is that paper? Is that paper? No, it that doesn't. paper I lost. So why did you lose? Because Greg because was Because you both, both get scissors. scissors. So you both beat me, so I'm out. Right, so... So, so okay, that's the so final between you two. Okay. But, but wait She's this time. Yeah, I was, too, I was too quick, couldn't I? You were too quick and you still beat me, Ronnie. Sorry. What's that say about me? Yeah, I'm... Seriously, I had time to I'm react to that. You. I had time to change it twice. Rock beats scissors. Rock beats scissors. Paper beats rock. Yeah. Rock beats scissors. So, yeah. Scissors beats paper. Paper beats rock. We're literally just gonna go one, so two, three. So do it on shoot bop. this time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't do. Don't reveal your hand until I say yeah. shoot. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Hey! He won. He won. Not that I'm competitive. Not competitive anymore <laughs> at all. Oh, dear. I wanted, I'm not sure if I want to lose. I know, but the thing is, terrible. your demeanour took me through me. I'm going to get Because you're kind of like, do you want to do this or not? And I was like, what, what, like, what yeah. have you done? What's happened? Uh, <laughs> well, that's, I reckon that's probably our best one. Well, that's because you won, of course. Oh, that's our best one. That's our best one. You were last in it. Oh, never mind. Oh, shut up. I'm all right being beaten by Roddy or Sullivan. I can take that.